Recorded live in Balcata, Western Australia, the hoon capital of the world, this is Talking Power. Gap is what happens uh, when you hold to the floor and crush the man next to you. There's space in between your back bumper and your front bumper. We, uh, in the South, we refer to it as the Gap Band. Well, I think, you know, Formula One is for grown-ups. Welcome to the Talking Power Podcast, episode 30. We have rushed in an emergency podcast. I'm with co-host Simon Gonzo Travellini. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Yourself? Oh, I'm very good, actually. Very it, good. Is it actually 30 or is it 29 and a half? Well, we'll call it 30. We'll call it 30? We'll call it 30. Yeah, it's going to be probably a full episode, if mate, not longer. We we had no choice but mm. to do this because yep. it was arguably one of the biggest weekends in terms yep. of motorsport and controversy mm. that I can remember. Yep. Uh, yep. So we had the V8s mm-hmm. at Barbagallo, yep, our home correct. track. We had the uh, MotoGP mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, 400 Thunder. Yep. yep. Right. And lots have happened at all of those events. Mate, huge, huge. Mm. Yep. So we'll, we'll kick off with the uh, Barbagallo. You were down there. You were our, our man on the scene. I was on the scene, yeah, yeah. Scotty McLaughlin, he couldn't, um, he wasn't happy with the qualifying event of um, Saturday where he qualified first and won the race on Saturday. So he decided Sunday's race, hey, let's just start from 19th. 19th spot. 19th and still won. <laughs> so the, the DJR Penske obviously tuned quite well for, for Wanneroo, no doubt about it. What an incredible incredible run it was yeah yeah it was an incredible run and um fitting that we had another ford victory there uh, we, we were starting to get some domination back at barbagallo raceway In- oh incredible incredible i also noticed uh on saturday uh mark winterbottom mm-hmm. yeah great drive to second spot incredible and, drive yeah. a totally different pit strategy that mm. was uh, basically heckled yep. by the commentary box <laughs> um, you know and and to see him just turn it around they really yeah. didn't have anything to say <laughs> towards no. the end <laughs> no no it was an incredible turnaround for for frosty as well and it was good to see the fpr well sorry i keep calling fpr but the pra cars back back in a winning position Chaz mostert's race probably taken away from him on the saturday with wind cup bumping him on yeah. the entry to the pit lane there yep yeah, problematic off. that that pit lane entry what's your opinion about the way they were tackling the speed hump there look i was going to bring that up actually that, that that's over the years i've noticed them get further and further out on that speed hump on the other side of it practically they're closer to wanneroo road than the actual speed hump these days they're closer to the old pit entry than <laughs> in fact i thought is that they all going to pit or something is that? yeah it's a bit ridiculous now and i've noticed over the years they've gradually gone over and over to the left to the left to the left it was ridiculous on saturday there was a series of warnings mm. uh, given now 
what the actual warnings were about, from what I can understand, is is the people who are actually going around avoiding the speed hump altogether. Yeah, yeah that's correct. Yeah. Right? So they were forced to drive over the speed hump. Yeah, yeah. Now, it seems a little bit ridiculous, doesn't it? I mean, you know, shouldn't they do something about that? Because it hardly seems safe or good for the cars. No, no. And you saw the cars bottoming out on that, that yeah. speed hump on regular occasions. And I, it bewildered me as to why they continue to do that. And, um, I mean, Jack Perkins had some commentary about it as well. Unfortunately, Jack, I don't think it's possible closing that, that pit entry off because uh, I think it's still used. I oh, yeah, yeah. I know the go-kart people still use that entry. Well, whenever, um, you know, there's any uh, training events mm. and so on and so forth, that is how we get onto the track and that's how we get off of the yeah, track. Yeah, yeah, so. it's done on that side. So yeah. that, that's not a that's not a possibility. But I'm sure, look, the people at um, the WA Sporting Car Club will, will work something out. But the speed hump is in the wrong... Obviously, now nowadays, it's in the wrong spot. But I don't understand why those guys, yeah... Have drive, to go so wide. Yeah. I, I got the impression that they try and take a tight line early on when mm. the tyres are fresh yep. and then it just washes out. Mm. But I actually saw a couple of people overtake there mm. by yep. taking the tight line. So yeah. you'd have to argue that the tight line is a plausible line. Yeah, it is, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's there's probably better... Arguably, it's... With the abrasion of Wanneroo, there is a bit of build-up of marbles in there. Oh, but it looked yeah. ridiculous. Like, yeah. the whole all over the track, it looked yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, built up by... by it looked the like there was the a, a tyre recycling factory somewhere in the area <laughs> because I couldn't believe it. There was steel belt and everything yeah, going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite an aggressive track. But, um, you know, I even saw David Reynolds pass on the outside of Turn 1, and I haven't seen that. Yeah. I, I actually can't remember the last time I saw yep. that there. Yep. So that was it's really good to see, and that uh, was a good outcome. Stadium Trucks put on a bit of a show. Had the Bachelor from the US win a race as well. Excellent. Ari Leindyke, Jr. So there <laughs> so, you go for all the female listeners. So if you uh, didn't get to Barbagella, you missed out on meeting the Bachelor from the US edition. He's the current Bachelor at the moment. Excellent. The, yeah. That's great. Thanks for sharing that with us, Nick. Interesting that you would take note of something like that. I, I, I have felt that the the promotions team at uh, V8 Supercars might have worked on that one a little bit better because I thought it was a bit of a bit of a good marketing ploy for them. But anyway, so crowd numbers, Nick, probably down. Down. I don't have the official numbers, but to me they look down. I've gone every year and it looks so, down to me. Supercar blamed it on the economy. No, uh, no, I don't think they've said anything at all. I no. just think it's um, it was down. The Saturday Suburbia race. encroaching on Wanneroo Raceway. No, didn't blame it on that. No, no, no. no economy. No, no. no, I don't no. think so. Local just, Labor government. I no. just think uh, it was probably the Saturday we conflicted with an Eagles versus Port Adelaide game, which oh. I think would have attracted a few people. Right. And the Sunday, I really don't know, but I think the weather may have put a few people off as well. Wasn't that it's a shit show, no? I don't think so but yeah there'll be a lot of people that tell you it is a uh, not the best show but um nonetheless i still enjoy it i gotta know nick mm. were the diesel trucks there no no they weren't oh, thank god so we can't get a time for the camera no 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 thank oh, god, god for that devastated devastated i was really keen on running it on lpg oh yeah you know, camry on lpg versus uh what is it mitsubishi triton yeah, or, triton, yeah. yeah 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 it should be about the same a big shout out also to Alex Rulo as well for winning the um, Super Twos race as well, yeah, in the feeder group. So that was good to see Alex make a comeback to um, some form of V8 supercar. So it was good, really good to see him there. So the general atmosphere down there? That was quite good actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, it was quite good. Um, yeah, it got in and out, no problem at all. So it's always it's always good. 
My apologies. Excellent. (laughs) Nick doing his usual professional thing. (laughs) I better put mine on silent as well. (laughs) Or else I'm going to get called out. Oh, it is on silent. (laughs) All right. So moving on. Yeah. MotoGP. MotoGP. I mean, I was watching that last, like with you, watching that as well. And um, I was, I was there. you know, excited. I actually made a few notes here. Carl Crutchlow on pole. That was good yeah. to see Carl out yeah. there. I mean, unfortunately, you know, he went the, down. The thing that was really impressive about that is that he's he's on uh, one of the satellite mm. Yamaha teams, yep. and he like outperformed by a country mile yep. the factory team. Mm. So mm, interesting. I could be incorrect, but something tells me that the um, Rossi. And Vinales are still on last year's Yamaha. I could Look, be wrong. There was but... there was some discussion about the electronics, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, apparently, I mean that track is a very tight cornering track. Yep. Right. And what I saw a lot of during the race and even qualifying is a lot of tire smoke. Mm. Yeah. So, heaps. Yeah. So um, there was a lot of talk about the power delivery. And the the Yamaha team struggling to get the software to do what they want it to do, which to me that's it's a little bit sad that this is where motorsport has ended up because mm. you know I've always loved the purity of of uh, motorcycle racing in the the rider. I mean, there's there's very little, if any, telemetry in terms of uh, from the the crew back to the rider. Yeah. There's no headsets. Um, there was something last season they had some flashing lights on the dash but I don't mm. even know I mean those guys I don't think get the opportunity to really look at the dash yep. um, other than the shift light possibly uh, but um, yeah a bit, bit sad that that's what it's come down to that you know that they're basically um, relying on the software to get the traction to get the bike to you know not destroy the rear tyre and mm. so on so yeah I believe that they were struggling a little bit with that um, it was interesting to note a, a, a few things that were going on there. Um, firstly, the the uh, tyre selection, um, you know, was... I mean, generally, most of the teams went with, with a, a harder tyre, mm. uh, except for... Um, uh, oh, God, I've forgotten his name now. The, Jorge Lorenzo. Jorge Lorenzo. Yeah, Lorenzo. he went with he, a soft. I was going to bring that up. Why do you think he, they went for a softer on the front with him? I would imagine that he thought that he was going to get some early pace and try and put the gap on, mm. um, which, you know, I think that if Marquez had have gotten held up in traffic, yeah, then, you know, that strategy may have worked, but it was a risky one. But, I mean, at the end of the day, he, he got out in front. Mm, yeah, he did. Yeah, you know, Carl uh, uh, Crutchlow got a, a shocking start. Mm. That was terrible. Yep. Um, and uh, Jorge got out there. George, so I prefer to call him. Yep, George. George, George yep. got out there, got out in front. Um, but you know, that tire was going to go off sooner or later. It was going to happen. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, before we got to see that really play out, uh, we had a bit of a three-way collision there, mm, yeah. uh, which for me. I mean, you know, I, I was close to just turning the TV off and <laughs> going to bed. Really. It was disappointing. It was a disappointing outcome. I, I don't know that anyone would have caught Marquez. Mm. I think Marquez really rode a very tight uh, race. Mm. And I think that um, he he basically, uh, you know, like he, he rode a very mature race. Mm. He paced himself. 
got out in front and just went, you know, as fast as he needed to. And uh, it was interesting that uh, when the three came together, um, all of a sudden, the, the you know, people in uh, fourth, fifth, sixth and so on, well, it was fifth, sixth and seventh, yeah. I think. Yeah, Possibly even eighth. Suddenly found pace. Lifted, yeah. 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 Um, in particular, Rossi, mm. who set the quickest laps of the race in the closing stages, <laughs> which, you know, you think, why didn't you do that in the beginning of the race? Yeah. But yep. anyway... Um, it, it, it really changed the championship now. Yeah. Marquez has got a big, big lead. Mm. Um, and, you know, unfortunately for uh, Davizioso, I mean, Davizioso, I think, was in there with a chance. What I'm seeing unfold there is uh, Jorge, George. Yep. He is the number one rider for Ducati. But last season, he got made, you know, look pretty bad. Yeah, he looked pretty ordinary last year. By the number two mm. rider. Yep. And even the beginning of this season, Dovi's really, hmm. you know, he's been right there. So I think that being it was a, a a Spanish race, that he really wanted to show Ducati that um, he had it in it, you know, in him to, yeah, um, yeah. And there's going to be some some big changes this season. Hmm. Uh, there's uh, a lot of people switching to KDM. Um, I, I think that um, Red Bull made the wrong decision sponsoring KDM. They really should have sponsored Ducati because mm-hmm. clearly they're following in the same form <laughs> as the Formula One team. And, um, you know, that's not a good thing because we want to see Dan win and yeah. we want to see Dovi win. Yeah. So it's a bit sad that, uh, you know, in the space of a week, we've seen uh, two guys that we cheer for, yeah. you know, week to week, uh, both get tangled with their teammates. Yeah. But, um, you know, look, I think it was a, a bit of an unfortunate incident there. Uh, Pedrosa, you know, saw the opening, yeah. went for it. Um, you know, Jorge cut across, yeah. collided, and, and Dovi was on the outside. But I guess people would argue that if he didn't go in hot, he wouldn't have found himself on the outside That's either. Right, so, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's one of those things. I guess for him, it would have been frustrating. If I was in Davizioso's shoes, I would have been feeling very frustrated that, um, you know, he, he was tangled fighting it out with his teammate. Yeah, it is, and it is frustrating. He's on a different tyre strategy as well, Jorge, and there was no doubt that his tyre was fading away, the front tyre. Yeah, it was never going to see race distance. He should be letting him go by. Yeah. yeah. And that's where the team needs to step in. We had we had this happen last year as well. The yeah. The team needs to step in. And... But, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, think about Ducati. Think mm. about, like, the team and how much money they spent to get Lorenzo over there. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. So, I guess for them to step in and say, "Well, listen, buddy, you know you're mm. going to have to let Dovi get through," it's kind of like admitting defeat. Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, you doubt. know what I mean. I, I'm not sure the exact figures, but I I believe that uh, uh, Jorge was on twelve or fourteen million euro, yeah, and uh, Dovi's on two, mm, yeah. Um, so you know. Anyway, nonetheless, it, it's had a, a big impact mm-hmm. on, on the uh, the outcome. Yep. And, um, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. I reckon the tensions would be pretty... <laughs> well, I've just opened up the, the championship as, as it stands now with that race being completed. So Marquez is ahead on 70 points. Johan Zarco slots into yeah. second now. He's 12 points down. Well, Zarco came in second... That was the final results, wasn't it? Yeah. 
And uh, Vinales, uh, Maverick, that is. He's in 50 points. Inoni on 47. And Andre Davizioso on 46. So, so no, no. Sorry. Yeah. Johan Zarco came second. Inoni third. Petruzzi fourth. Valentino Rossi fifth. Yeah. Jack Miller sixth. Yeah. Great ride. Yeah. Great ride for Jack. Jack. So I believe Jack is moving to KDM. No, Johan is going to this KD. That Zarko, is confirmed. Zarko, Zarko is, is off going to KDM. And, and uh, Miller, no confirmation no, on where he is. No, no, no. no. So, so there was talk. One of them got offered the Honda deal and basically told Honda, I do not want to be in the same team as Mark Marquez. Yep. So, yeah. <laughs> that's no love lost there. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, fair. Look, I mean, it's still early in the season. Dovi can come back from that. There's no problem there. I don't think there's any issues. I, you know, clearly there's still a fair bit to pay, play out. Yeah, but you know what, Nick? When you you have stuff like that, I mean, the last thing you want to be uh, doing when you're riding is looking over your shoulder for your teammate. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know what no, I mean? No like, you, you want to know that your teammate's there mm. to back you up. And yep. it's not the case in Red Bull now. We, mm. We've seen that. And uh, it's definitely not the case... Uh, over there at uh, Ducati. No. So let's hope they get it resolved because, um, you know, last mm. season he missed out on the championship by, you know, nothing really. Yeah. It was only yeah. a handful of points. And uh, it's sad to think that he's going to lose that momentum, mm. you know. Yep. So yep. anyway. Now, the elephant in the room. The elephant in the room. <laughs> I, before we get to the elephant in the room, I want to talk about something that's probably more important than the elephant in the room. And I don't want to be seen as being, uh, this is a negative, uh, the elephant in the room is probably arguably a bit negative. But I want to start off with a big, big positive. I'm going to say a few names. Kelly Betts, Leah Pritchard, Courtney Force. There's two things they have in common, those three women. They're all women. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> nice observation. And they all had wins on the weekend. So Leah Pritchard in top fuel, okay, at the NHRA Southern Nationals. Courtney Force in funny car, same event. And Kelly Betts up against Rochelle Splat. Yeah, I know. I top know. fuel, it was an all-woman final. I know. First time yeah. in Australian history. Yeah, and probably, I think that's something to be really proud of. Probably first time in, in uh, drag racing history, hey? For for top fuel? No, I think Shirley Muldowney came up against uh, a lady of Hawaiian descent. Her name escapes me. I think Lee. Her surname was Lee in wow. the 70s. Yeah. Really? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. But huge. Kelly Betts, uh, that's, uh, what, two wins this season? Yeah, it is. Now, she actually leads the championship yeah. now, Kelly. Yep. So it was a bit of a tire-smoking affair, the final. But um, look, hats off. And, I, and that's what I said. We, wanted to, we don't want to be uh, talk about the negatives. I think that's a, you know, a huge, huge thing that's happened over the weekend in, in drag racing worldwide where we've had females completely dominate their top tier of, of our sport. Yeah. Let's be yeah, honest. and that's well. Look, we've said it before. The drag racing is definitely one hundred percent the the most uh, anti-sexist mm. sport of all sports. It because is. we have men and women competing against each other, mm. and we've had quite a few female champions over the years. Yep. and there you go. Yeah. Weekend, it was a, a you know in the nitro categories, it was yeah. an all-female affair worldwide. 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 Yeah. Worldwide. 
So there you go. But all right, I know you want to talk about the elephant in the oh, room. I know. And... Look, I just want to have a shout out too for uh, uh, Zabiris. Yeah. Uh, you know, a tragic accident. Uh, it shows you how violent these cars mm. can be because the accident didn't really look that bad. But because, you know, they accelerate so fast mm. and the way the impact, the car uh, rolled over and, and hit the wall, yep. um, you know, unfortunately fractured his spine. So he's going to be out for a while. Mm. Um, those guys have done a magnificent job, uh, you know, in such a short space of time to, to get to where they are where they're actually they're a big threat yeah you know so um i uh, hope he gets well soon and mm. uh, hope he gets back on the track yep uh, as soon as possible mm. uh yeah so look uh john zapier our guy took out the event took out the event yeah um you and know he's now got the lead in he, the championship for I, I believe so i believe he's got a narrow mm -hmm. uh, a narrow lead um huge for those guys huge for fennec sam fennec making it yeah. to the final yep. um, those guys have come a long way in a short space of uh, time i believe mark savage has been heavily involved mm. in uh, turning that uh, team around um you know big pat on the pack that those guys you know huge also to sam i mean he beached the car in round one quite heavily the car went in deep into the sand and um there would have been a fair bit of work that had to be done huge during rounds huge no huge amount of work for him and his crew you know top effort those guys deserve to be in the finals mm. if you can get a car out of the sand and get it ready to run uh you know that's that's massive mm. that's definitely hard work also spinozzi's uh getting a round win yeah uh, at their yeah. first event massive you know mm. massive uh good job good pat on the back to all those guys yep um tuned by wa guy michael marriott I'm not a hundred percent sure. I know the press releases suggested that Marriott was going to be the crew chief. I believe that he is, but I also believe that uh, Mark Brew uh, is involved. Shared, um, shared effort. Well, it's he's listed as the engine builder, but um, you know, I thought I saw him on the start line there. Mm. And, you know, Brew um, was the man responsible for uh, getting Peter Capiris. Mm. into the 570s and making Capiris a definite threat against Zapier. Yep. I think the championship came down to that particular year, the last event, mm. and I think Pete just needed to make it um, yep. to first round. Unfortunately, he didn't qualify. So mm. it, was a, it was a bit of a, a big upset because Zap needed to win the event, reset the national record to win by a point or something yeah, and yep. uh, he managed to do it now interestingly enough that particular year it was an interesting uh, uh, turn of events that, that occurred where uh, John Zapier was racing and I, I could be wrong but I think it was Murray O'Connor mm -hmm. and uh, Murray left uh, early I, th I think he may have driven through the clutch and then just decided to go for it and uh, Zap um, went after him um, and it was a bit of controversy over you know who should get the win what points etc right um, and it was decided that uh, because the auto start system was being employed that uh, you know even though neither of them accepted the tree hmm. um, because the tree hadn't flashed yellow yet that because the starter had activated the auto start system that um the first or worst rule mm -hmm. which is uh, you know basically a um internationally accepted 
uh, yep. rule. So what that means for those of you that don't follow drag racing is that when there is a uh, some sort of disqualification, whether it be uh, a red light, you know, taking off before the green light, basically, uh, or crossing the centre line, or you know, something along those lines, that the the first one or the worst one um, will be the the loser, yep. and then the other one will be the winner. So they ruled that had to go to the tribunal because initially um, the the powers that be at the time uh, ruled that neither of them should get any points, right? Which has happened before. Many, many, many years ago, yep. I believe it was um, uh, Victor Bray and uh, you know, the Dodge Daytona. Oh, Peter Gratz. Peter Gratz, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, one of them, well, they may have both broken or one of them crossed the center line and the other one broke or something along those lines. And it was ruled that neither of them won. Yep. And uh, no one was awarded any points for that round. They were awarded points for the rounds leading up to that, but that particular round they weren't uh, awarded any points. So uh, in Zap's case, if he hadn't have been awarded those points, he would have lost the championship. I could be wrong, Hmm. but this is my recollection. Well, on the weekend, we saw something similar happen. Hmm. So... In the second round. So, for those of you that don't know, Thunder, or 400 Thunder, uh, IHRA, run a different system. So, traditional drag racing is uh, an elimination system. So, we start with however many cars for the field. So, in the case of Door Slammer, under the old Andrew system, there'd be eight cars. Yep. So, quite often in, in... WA, you'd get 22 cars trying to qualify for eight spots. If you didn't make the cut on Friday night, you weren't in the show on Saturday. Mm. So we start with eight cars. After the first round, we have four losers, which go home, and the next four progress to second round. Then after second round, we have two losers, which go home, and two cars progress to the final, and we have the winner. That is the traditional drag racing systems, referred to as eliminations, and... uh, as we used to say, you either go hard or you go home. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Um, for whatever reason, uh, the powers that be, well, I'll tell you the reason they believe that um, it, it gives the races better coverage and yep. the opportunity to run more laps. Um, it could be true. I don't, I don't know. I, um, I'm i a very traditional mm. sort of drag racer and I believe the elimination system is still the best system. And yep. uh, if you've got enough you know, to put on a 16-car field or whatever, then yeah, uh, that's what you should be doing. I don't know how many cars are at Sydney. I think there may have been 12, but it's I could it, be wrong. I think there was 12, yeah. Yeah. Um, nonetheless, uh, the system that they use is a very, very complicated, actually gives me a headache thinking about it system. So basically, they run a uh i think it's a practice they get a practice pass or something during the day which yeah, doesn't practice yep. doesn't count for anything mm-hmm. i don't think it's seeding or qualifying or anything like that then they race the cars in uh the order of the points i'm pretty sure that that's how it works for first round so number one in the points would race number 
I don't know, I guess number 12 in this case. Um, number two races. Anyway, it's some system like that. Yep. Then they get awarded. If you win that round, you get 20 points. And if you lose, you get five points. And then one to eight from the quickest ET to the slowest ET get eight points for first, um, seven points for second, six points for third, and so on, down to eight spot, which gets one point, right? Uh, and then second round, I think, is based off the ET in first round. Yeah. Anyway... Just, could... just confirming what you said. So seeding in round one is championship position coming into the event. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's in round one. Yeah, so nonetheless, I think the racers like it because they're going to get three runs on the night in front of the crowd, mm. um, which, you know, if you run a two-day event, they're going to get that on a Friday night. And traditionally, um, the big crowd was always on the Friday night. Yep. And Saturday wasn't as big a crowd, which I think, personally myself, I think that system works really well mm. because the Friday, you get all the spectators jammed in there. Everyone has a fat time, right? you got the opportunity to throw everything you've got, you know, the kitchen sink, the whole lot at the car. And, and if you break it, you've got the night to work through. And many, many, many championship wins um, were based on that, where they broke it on Friday night getting in the show and then they fixed it and went on to win on yeah, Saturday. for sure. And and it makes for a lot of excitement. It makes for a lot of a lot of atmosphere, a lot of tension in the air. Um, and then on the Saturday, yeah, the crowd numbers are down. I'm not going to argue with that. But Saturday gives you the opportunity to get your corporate sponsors in there mm -hmm. to watch the race. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, the corporate boxes and, you know, and the other thing is on Saturday, the crowd... A lot of the people in the crowd will generally be friends or family of the racers as well as the racers themselves. Mm. And I'll tell you what, nothing gets you more G'd up as a racer than watching, you know, Top top yeah. Fuel or Top Door Slammer or something like that. And if you get knocked out, if you're in Super Sedan or Super Street and you get knocked out uh, early on, on Sunday or Saturday, yeah, depending on whether it's a Friday, Saturday, mm. Saturday, Sunday, you know, you get the opportunity to enjoy a bit of racing, yep. you know. But anyway, whatever the system is. So, um, the in the second round, there was a match-up between uh, Mahoyet. Paul Mahoyet. Yep. Paul Mahoyet and Andrew Searle. Mm -hmm. And watching the video, which Nick and I have watched, I don't know how many times. My eyes are square. We watched it that many times. You can watch it again if you want. <laughs> so, it's on the screen right now. Um Searle rolls the beam, mm. he gets a red light, mm -hmm. and uh, Mahoya takes off, crosses the centre line. Mm -hmm. Okay? Now, the commentator, he says it quite clearly that it's a red light, but the first or worst rule is going to apply here, and because Mahoya crossed the centre line, he will be disqualified because the safety infraction is, you know... Of, of a higher importance than the mm. uh, red light, okay? Now, to me, that's obvious, right? But then suddenly, <laughs> it becomes a question of, oh, hang on, the tree wasn't actually activated, right? So it wasn't a red light. He, he um, I mean, technically, what he did was overstage, right? 
that's the technical terminology for what happened there okay so i've got i've got excerpts here which um Luke, Luke Newoff posted up on, on Facebook. I, I admire him for taking his approach because what he's done is he said, here's the information. So here's, a, here's the section from the Andrew rule book. Here's the section from the IHRA rule book, hmm. right? So you can't really argue. They're the, they're the two sets of rules, okay? And he said, you know, make of it what you will, basically, hmm. right? Not in those exact words, but, but I reckon that the way he's approached it is arguably the best way to approach it but unfortunately for me having watched it all having read all the rules i can only come to one you know determination and that's that no matter how i read it the the uh points from that run if you were going to award points they have to go to surly right but thunder has decided to award the points to mohoyet and I am. Well, we've asked Thunder. We've approached Thunder for comment. In fairness to Thunder, I we, we I put that together. I think it was roughly twelve o'clock perv time. Well, look, if they if they respond, if they respond, then you know I'm, I think that we should do what every other media outlet does and post up their response on our on our website, on our Facebook page, etc. But you know you've got to you've got to look at this. Okay, from from this perspective, this is a very very tight championship. Mm. Okay, it's going to go down to the wire, right now. Um, it has been a case of consistency in Zap's part, right? He's had a couple of bad races, right? But he's made it to the finals. He hasn't. He has been able to string together enough runs under whatever system that they're running, whether it be eliminations or uh, this, well, they don't call it a three-round format. They call it something else. They call it an all-run all all mm. run format. Yeah, that's what it's called, all-run all format. All-run format, yeah. right? He's managed to figure out, you know, look, I need to do this, I need to do that, and get the car, and get the car into the finals, right? Now, uh, in this instance, okay, you know, I mean, he'd already won the race. Mm. He didn't need to push it. It will stood probably shook, whatever, whatever happened. Might be a case of rear steer. Rear steer will sometimes do that because when the front wheels are in the air, hmm. the rear end, you know, doesn't, like there's no influence over where the car's going to go. I don't know what it was, but the car crossed the center line, hmm. right? Now, luckily there was no collision, Yep. right? Because, you know, there's always the potential for that to happen. I've been in, you know, the right lane at Sydney. Hmm. Luckily, I was off the gas because I shook badly. Um so that could have potentially been, you know, a horrible uh, incident. Nonetheless, it is what it is. Um, but to award the points to uh, Mahoyet just doesn't seem right to me. If you were going to argue that they were both serious rule infractions, right, and you were going to forget the rules altogether, then you would award neither of them points, or maybe award them five points each. But to give Mahoyet the win uh, just doesn't, doesn't sit well with me. I've I've seen arguments that suggest that because Searle rolled the beams, right, then it was a solo for Mahoyet. Well, normally, if that is the case, the starter will give you a signal. Yeah, the solo instruction that you right? won. Okay, so 
So if we're going to break it down as clinically as that, what we need to do is we need to say to the starter, was the tree activated, right? So the, the starter, as far as I know, from all the, the uh, uh, bits and pieces that I've read and seen, the tree was activated, okay? So if the tree was activated, that, you know, he didn't accept the tree, blah, 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 all that crap doesn't play into it. As far as I'm concerned, now Andrew's done the right thing and they've modified their rules since the incident with Zapier occurred, okay? Mm. But it's like this. When you're in the car, you go through the hole in the wall, right? You're in the hands of the starter from that point onwards. You do your burnout, you reverse back, okay? The starter's job, as, as far as I know, and, you know, Pete, Dougie, all those guys can, can you know, vie into this and, and uh, uh, you know, argue whether I'm right or wrong. Um, he checks that the clear's, the track's clear and he has his other guys around him. Yeah, mm. Everyone looks around, yeah, track's all good, right? And he motions the cars into stage, okay? Yep. Uh, from that point onwards, once the cars are in stage, you know, the race is on, mm. you know? So if you roll the beams or you go or whatever, yeah, you lose. No ifs or buts, right? But if a car uh, crosses the centre line, then, you know, the, the rule, the first or worst rule has to apply and crossing the centre line is worse. Um, unfortunately, and this is the problem with this sport, is that we've never, ever seen consistent umpiring. Hmm. There seems to be one set of rules for one camp and another set of rules for another camp. So if this is going to be the case, then Thunder needs to write this up in some manner that makes some sort of sense. Something that says that, you know, if the amber hasn't flashed, then it's deemed to be a solo or something like that. Yeah, okay. And then, you know, if it happens again, it's going to be there. But then we, as someone's pointed out already, then this becomes as, I don't think we can go down that path. I don't think we can start saying if the amber hasn't flashed, then it's deemed a solo because we're still rewarding someone for crossing the center line when it's not safe to oh, do it's, so. No, it's, it's definitely not safe. This, to this do. is, to me, in my mind, more of a safety thing, more about the points. The points, I think, yeah, that, that could become problematic at the next event, but let's forget the points. Let's talk about the safety side of this. Well, I mean, I guess that's between Thunder, IHRA, and their insurance company. I want to stress, however, at this point, we haven't had a response from the 400 Thunder, but I don't think they've had adequate time to do so as well. Oh, look, you know, they had enough time to make a decision on the night, as far as I'm concerned. You know, yeah, yeah, it was to me, to me, it was a no-brainer. You award the win to Searle and that's it. Move on, you know. But they, they chose they chose to take a very, very, very unorthodox um road with this mm. and you know I, I doubt that there is a meeting director on the planet that would have gone with their decision um it's yeah it's a bit sad uh this sort of thing happens i think that the rule's pretty simple first or worst yeah um you know i believe that uh um, some governing bodies uh, have actually gone to the the trouble of listing the order of severity mm. yeah that's um, correct just yep. so that that you know there's no uh, question about which is worse mm. and I've read through them and in every case crossing the centre line is deemed to be worse than anything else you can do anyway I mean it really for me it um, it marred uh, a big comeback 
uh, from Zapier. Huge event. You know, those guys just, I mean, every run, he he pedaled the car two or three times and still managed to run a 70, mm. you know, um, in, in the practice run, ran a 60. I mean, that, those guys are yeah. on fire. They're on fire. Yep, yep. Look, we wish John Zapier and and all the um, participants in the Pro Slamo series and all all 400 series the best for the. There's one one round left in the, in the series. They go to Willowbank for the Winter Nationals. That is correct. So we'll be looking forward to seeing that. All right. Well, that brings this special podcast to a close. Episode 30. Bit of a milestone one. <laughs> <laughs> it is actually you know what it is it is yeah yeah so look i mean thanks for listening in thanks for tuning in thanks to our sponsors as well they're helping us out with the xy build we're getting some good commentary there so they are wa suspensions or fast torque converters uh monster talk um and oh, transmission specialty transmission sorry specialty, yeah sorry yeah, Ken Kelly and the boys there uh, for helping us out with some trans bits. Tappers um, Race Pipes as well. Yeah. Helping us out. And CRD Nitrous. CRD as well. Nitrous, yep. yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's been a long day. Yeah, it's been, it a, has long been a long day. day. Uh, we, uh, we need to organise to get some work done mm-hmm. on that car because the season is fast approaching. We also, we also need to get the uh, engine, the, the new engine the ready new engine for the, in the Camry. Camry. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Simon, thanks for coming in. We'll uh, we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for having us, Nick. All right. See you later. See you, mate. Bye. Talking power, stresses, all characters and events on this podcast, even those based on real people, are entirely fictional. All celebrity voices are impersonated poorly. We do not encourage street racing or the use of turbochargers.